When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for the 45th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beasts from the Northeast, sports clothing company. The great people at Beasts from the Northeast pride themselves on using the highest quality apparel to showcase their one-of-a-kind designs that you won't find anywhere else. For a special listener discount, go to beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com and enter promo code BLACKANDGOLD for 15% off future orders. Now time to properly start the show by introducing my awesome co-host, Rob Tomlin. Rob, how are we doing this week? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good. Um, Three-day weekend, so it's coming to an end. I can't complain. But, uh, you have so many holidays over in America, it's yeah, unreal. I know, you've got, <laughs> you've got to start making plans to move over this way, to enjoy all this, these days off. Free time. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, got an exciting show, I'm really, really thrilled to have this uh, a special guest on. Uh, his name is uh, Court Lalonde, um, and he's a passionate Bruins fan from the Toronto area. And uh, Court, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, don't hold it against me because I live in Toronto, but uh, <laughs> you know, that happens. It, you know, there's Bruins fans all over the world, and and just just from our show reaching out. I mean, we got listeners in Singapore, Australia, Japan, the Czech Republic, 
you know, there's Bruins Nation everywhere, so it doesn't matter where you come from. I've I've seen what you post on Facebook and Twitter, and know that you're a, you you got the uh, you you bleed black and gold through and through. So was born into it. Yeah, and actually, you know, I I'd like to hear that story because um, the last time we tried to have you on it was the uh, trivia that was a, a massive failure on my behalf. Yes. So, yes. Um, tell us about your dad. I'm 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 really curious. Okay, so um, my dad played 11 years in the NHL, um, two of those with the Boston Bruins. Um, he was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks uh, in 71. Uh, he went to Boston in 1979, uh, and then he went to Calgary in uh, 1981, but he also played with the Atlanta Flames um, in between uh, Vancouver and Boston. Yeah, he uh, also spent some time over in Europe too, correct? He he did, he did. Um, near the end of his career, um, he went and played in Europe for a little bit um, to see if uh, anything could uh, happen. But uh, it was he was too far away from his family, so that's why he came back. Oh, that makes sense. That's awesome, um, especially uh, the Bruins. Yeah, my first my first time ever skating was at Boston Garden. <laughs> that's awesome. That is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, well, uh, like I said, we're, we're happy to have you on, and we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention that you are a writer at the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com, and he's been with the uh, website for two months. And, um, like again, I'm excited to have him aboard, so uh, we could just get started. Um, we we got to go back to we, this, this ridiculous um, uh, bye week. I really screwed everything up for my, you know, my hockey program. But let's go back to uh, Sunday, the twelfth. Um, we got to talk about the Bruins uh, shutting out Montreal uh, at home, four to nothing. A, a, a statement game, in my opinion, and the last game of the season series. So uh, obviously, you guys watched the game, correct? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. That was unbelievable. I was I was absolutely amazed by the way this team came together, um, and I believe that they really put the effort with a strong Cassidy system. And we'll talk about Cassidy later on, but um, I, I, you know, it was a a very very interesting game. The the defense is, is just playing different. I mean, the, the whole structure is different, and it's, it's something I have to get used to. But um, that was just an amazing game. And anytime you can beat Montreal, it's 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 awesome. And actually, I don't man. I don't think anyone expected that scoreline. Like everyone that I saw on Facebook or Twitter was saying that they either expected to lose that game or it was going to be a close one. And it was far from close. Yeah, well, not only... I, I didn't expect the, the, that result, but... Yeah. I mean, playing Vancouver the night before, and the Bruins are never good on the on the, on the a back-to-back, yeah. you know, the latter part of the game. So, um, that was... We're at home for that matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> their home record is just... I mean, I, I believe they just... Uh, three straight wins at home. So... And that's, that's you know, good. Yeah, that's that's the best this year because our yeah. home oh. record is just not good at all. 
No, and it was also a statement day for uh, for Chara for the fact is his shorthanded goal and the way he um, cheered after that goal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, it brought everybody on their feet, and it brought everybody on that team to realize the captain's in on the new system, and he's ready here to play. Yeah, Did that not look like the 2011 playoffs, though? <laughs> that kind of Chara. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like he was thing. just that pumped up and just ready to go. Oh, that was a good. That was a really good game. And I mean, you, you got it from like every line was firing that night. Every line was out there to play, and no one really played bad. Um, no. You like you had your young guys step up, um, Peter Solaric getting two assists in that game and making made Adam McQuaid look like Patrick Kane. <laughs> yeah. With that with that one timer. Um and then you got Chara deking out half of the Montreal Canadiens. That that is just that was definitely the biggest statement coming off like an, a coaching change and everything like that. And they reignited the rivalry. Yes, and and for Tuca as well, getting a shutout against the uh, the dreaded oh, Montreal yeah. Canadiens at home. Yeah, yeah, and making Carey Price look bad in the process. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he did not look like he was happy in the net that day. No. Nope. So chalk one up for the uh, another top notch Bruins win for Tuka Rask and uh, those haters. Yeah, yeah. but there's anyway. some. Some really nice saves in that game as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And his, his game saves. has been really turning turning around for the best, better. And I've seen and not only him, but it's 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 the whole team right down the bench. Since the coaching change, there's been a lot of positive uh, things happening with this club. And you see him working in different areas that you wouldn't see in a Julian uh, coach team. So... Um, lots of positives. And we didn't talk about um, Tory Crew dropping the mitts as well. Oh, that's right. And he fought against Andrew against Shaw. Was Andrew it? Shaw, which yeah. is uh, that was just a very unbalanced fight. But uh, that actually dates back to the last time they played because yeah, because of that big hit. Yeah, center ice. Yeah, Crew got yeah. nailed him pretty good, and, and uh, Shaw thought it was a headshot, but. And he, and he was out for a while, I believe, with a concussion. So, Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, a little retribution, but uh, good on Krug for, for taking on the, uh, the task um, when they went Well, he's one of them players that he, he'll answer the call. If, someone's, if someone feels he's done wrong, yeah. he'll answer the bell. Yeah. But at the same time, if he feels someone's done wrong to him, he'll go after them. Sure. He, sure. He's not like some of the defensemen of the past where... You've had like Johnny Boychuk, Adam McQuaid, and Chara going after guys who have hit like smaller defensemen. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. It seems like every like you got Colin Miller's not afraid to go up to people and let them know about it. Um, it's I, I think the only two guys that don't really do it are Joe Morrow and John Michael Lyles, who have been healthy scratches. So, yeah, they're they're up on the ninth floor, anyways. Yeah. So the bird's eye view. It's getting back to that nastiness on the back end. Yeah, where definitely if is. you if you come below the goal line, you're gonna get just absolutely crushed into the boards. So it's good to watch. Yeah, definitely good to see. Uh, uh, not much news um, during the break, but 
in unrelated Bruins news, uh, Claude Julien is now the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, the team we just talked about. And yeah. um, I was I was a little bitter about it, but I came to realize his effort and what he brought to the club in 10 years of service behind the bench. Um, and, and I have an appreciation for that. So, but in, in turn, I, I think of the, the Bruins franchise as in saying, thank you. It doesn't matter what team you go to. We're going to, we're going to allow the, uh, the interview process because if they wanted to, they could have, they could have, you know, stopped that. Yeah. Which I thought they were going to do, but. It, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, and you never saw any recognition of that from around the NHL, right? I mean, to me, that is a class act. You letting your biggest rival take the coach that you just let go. Mm-hmm. It I also mean, helps, though. Well, yeah, but well, um, I, I don't think it'll change anything. It, if anything, it'll make that rivalry even more bitter when it comes to game time so oh, oh absolutely and and um if if it's coach cassidy or if it's any other coach you know from now on yeah. you know julian signed a five-year deal whether he stays there the whole five or not um and we 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 all know that the bruins don't get rid of core players so you know, Julian's going to have paper on a lot of these players. So the next time, yeah. you know, they match up together, it's probably not going to be. Could uh, you could you imagine if Terrian comes to the Bruins, though? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I saw that on Twitter, and I was just, I I can't see it. I mean, t- to me, no. to me, as an outsider of Montreal, I, I, I think they're both the same coach. They're very defensive-minded. Yeah. Uh, you just you basically swapped one for another, and you know it's just a different voice, same system. And that's exactly. why the results hasn't haven't shown for them yet because no. yeah, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah, they've lost the last two games yep. with Claude Julian in. So, and I mean, you've seen what a what a good coaching change is with Boston, where they've changed the system completely to be mainly ultra offensive mm-hmm. compared to what they were where they used to sit back and you see in points appearing from players that weren't producing in the past yes. like I said last last show Adam McQuaid scored a goal um, Miller Jimmy Hayes put up an assist a primary assist in the last game uh, like people are scoring all over the place and we're seeing new set players that we've never seen before Yeah, so that's good because I, I think teams have started to realize that we had the same stale game plan every game, no matter who we played, and teams just got used to that mm-hmm. and abused us. So it's good to see change, especially. And and the change was needed, you know, as as much as what Julian did for us, like Mark was saying, that um, he, he just had to go. Um, Sweeney uh, was was creating a team about speed, and Julian's system. It doesn't work well with speed. It's more of a defensive game, and now we get to see the defenseman um, coming in and being that extra forward, and uh, it's working out. It's creating more. It's creating more offense. It's, it's giving us like a, a mini power play for twenty seconds in the uh, in the offensive zone. And, yeah. and so far, we haven't been caught. There's not been really any 
like breakaways caused by it. Well, I've been noticing the forwards actually, uh, even in the last game and the game before that, they've been they've been covering. Um, yeah. They've been noticing when the defense comes in, so it's actually three men coming back. So we're actually getting more defense coming back, and we're not yeah. getting as many um, breakaway chances that we we're giving before in the old Julian system. Get caught yeah. when we pinch because no forward, all the forwards are deep in the offensive zone. Now we have a guy hanging high when the defense yeah. comes in. So it's actually working out to actually make it almost more better defensive when we're actually generating more offense. And players like Pasternak, Tory Crew, guys who are good with the hands are actually getting a chance to kind of do some risky moves, but it, it's it's not that it's just looking good, but it's showing that we have like offensive talent on our team that you couldn't really see before. Um like that that um David Pasternak went between the legs and then, like, no look pass straight back to Krejci against the, um, who was that against? That was Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And Krejci just blew it past the post, and then Petrano scored. So, like, things like that are looking good because we're seeing a different style of play from the Bruins, and it's, like, teams aren't waking up to it. They're kind of thinking that we're going to come out and play a defensive game again, and we're not. So. But even if teams tried to wake up to it, um, it's it's a hard game that they're playing to uh, to scout because it could be any defenseman jumping into the play. So what are you going to do? You're going to have one of your players hanging up high to cover the D, and then you're still going to have not enough guys covering the, the people in the other offensive zone. It's actually yeah. a, a great little system that's working, especially with the speed that we have out there, and it's allowing the Bruins to take more high-percentage shots. Um, we're not dumping and chasing and shooting it at the goalie every two seconds anymore. Yeah. Yeah, like like I said in the uh the uh podcast uh last week, um I'm noticing that the forwards uh when the opposition has the puck in their zone, the forwards are more um above the red line, more towards the blue line. They're more aggressive. Uh in the what I noticed when Claude Julian was coaching that these guys were all laying back uh, a little further than they should, which which gave the you know, opponent, a lot more time to create speed and get through that neutral zone with a, a lot of push. So, um, I think the aggressive style is really going to work towards the uh, the Bruins' benefit coming down to the um, these last games. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast Channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, and I was I was surprised to see that um, Matt Bolesky's been scratched recently. Yeah, um, I saw that too. That, that's kind of a weird one when when you see a coach favoring young talent over veteran players. Because mm-hmm. um, that hasn't happened in the past. We we'd have seen Bolesky in and a guy like Soleric out. Yeah. So it, it's good to see that change, and you can start to see like where the the team will change over the next few years. Like the type of players that we could see move out and the type of players that we could see move in. And and another way of putting it as well is now that Claude Julian's gone, does that change the game plan of the way that this team's been drafting over the past few years? Like, does it make some guys who play more of a defensive game, like, does that put them on the block? Does that mean they could be part of trade? like bit 
Actually, I think that's I think that's one of the reasons that Cole's gone now because the way Sweeney has drafted in the last two years, he hasn't yeah. drafted players that fit Claude Lemieux, uh, Claude Julian. Sorry, he's uh, he's been drafting speed. He's been drafting yeah. um, um, skilled players. He's been drafting big centermen, but he's still drafting that speed. If you look at the team right now, it's it's a fast team. Yeah. And in a, in a defensive game, you you don't want your fast guys just sitting there like as we saw the other night. Frank Vitrano, he's got some wheels. Yeah, he but before oh, yeah. you wouldn't even have noticed him on the ice because he was just playing the boards the whole time. Yeah, it, oh. it, it is that um, like they love big sentiment though, and they love that like kind of having one big guy on what like each line. Uh, but as I've said in the past, I think I think when it comes to this year's draft, they'll definitely draft by position. So they'll draft whoever's the best skilled player available instead of going after certain guys so yeah like i, I think it's definitely going to change a lot this year that's what sweeney's been doing in the past two years that i i've noticed is he's he's, he's drafted by position and not best available but you yeah. know because there's you, you have to think about that because when you when you pass over uh players like kyle connor and uh, uh matthew barzell you know these, those types of players are some really skilled, um, developing talent, and you know, that those are those are guys were tough to to overpass. But um, I'm I gotta I still have to say so far I am I'm impressed by his picks. I'll stand by his picks, but uh, when it comes down to trades and signings, I'm still a little. Uh, I'm still annoyed over that second first round pick last year. Though. Yeah, those are those are so tough <laughs> to give up, you know. Yeah, but I mean, they they picked up Trent Frederick with the second first round pick. Yeah. Um, when there was a guy like Alex DeBrincat still on the table, right? Who's just recently scored fifty goals this season, which makes it three years in a row that he scored fifty goals. And when but, you're trying to look for that elite scorer, you're passing up on these guys. But we don't know what these players are going to become at the NHL level yet. So Trent Frederick could be amazing for all we know. Well, look at when they traded Boychuk. We pretty much the fan base lost their mind. Uh, and uh, guess what? Boychuk turned into Brandon Carlo. So it kind of worked out. And more. Like, not yeah. just Brandon Carlo. So. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I saw. I think I saw you post that the other day on Facebook to someone, and they just went, yeah. "Oh, really? Really? Oh." Well, yeah, because they were all praising. We got to bring Boychuk back because it seems to be uh, the mantra with uh, the Bruins faithful to just bring back something that we've already had. But kind of like I kind of like Brandon Carlo lately. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not up on a... that. I'm not up on the whole trade Carlo because he's having a um, a freshman slump. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. He's played well. Yeah, yes. And you know, he's coming around, he's he's definitely taking a part of um of the uh of the Cassidy system. Um so But people he, have to realise that he's not a point producing defenseman and never out. has been. Yeah, he's never been a point producing defenseman. He's definitely a shut down role. Yeah, that's and, his role. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's it, what we need in that, that top two pairing. Once Chara's gone, we're going to need a good shutdown guy because a guy like Tory Krug, who's probably the next guy in your depth chart, 
he's not going to be able to shut anyone down on that top two pairing, really. So, well, let's talk about the games uh, ahead and there's the uh, four-game road trip that started last night uh, in San Jose, and the, the the I didn't get to watch this game. I was a little bit inebriated after um, it was 51 degrees here in Amesbury, Massachusetts. So uh, my wife and friends got together and had a fire and drinks. So I went a little overboard and I couldn't stay up for the game. But I did watch I did watch the uh, replay today. And uh, wow, what, that was a very, very good game. Yeah, yeah really I was. I only caught the um like uh, how do you call it like condensed version this yeah. morning. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that and uh that that that's another surprising game after a week off. I know. I everyone's saying yeah, but it was a back-to-back game. At the same time, it's the Sharks and you've had a week off. And the Bruins are known for playing bad when they've had time off. Exactly. And that... and they did they did look a little uh, suspect. Yeah. Krejci looked like he needed to hold his stick a little tighter there. Um, it, actually, the Krejci line was probably the most ineffective line out there with with Pasternak, and um, it's just it, they looked a little out there. But uh, Cassidy did a great job. If you look at their shifts. They were out there for like 30 seconds each. So he made sure that everybody just kept rotating, 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 which allowed yeah. them to get back in the game, everybody to get back in the game. So no one's sitting on the bench for too long of a period. Yeah. And like I said, Jimmy Hayes picking up a primary assist. Yeah. I, I, I still can't believe he missed that net, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, if he had a hit the net, he probably would have hit Jones's pad and we wouldn't have got that goal. So I'm kind of glad he didn't. Well, that VHS line has got nine points in the last four games. Yeah. Of so, Hayes, Spooner, and Vitrano, So, and, and that's, like like I was saying, that's point production from guys who haven't been producing. Right. So that's very valuable. And especially well, when that, that line is, what, $4 million? That's pretty good production from $4 million. Right. So... And Cassidy's using Hayes properly. He's he's a big guy. Put him in front of the net and let the other two skate. The other yeah, two can... and when you've got a guy like um, Bacchus on your team who is great at doing that, why not have him teach Jimmy Hayes a few things? Yeah. So. Like our, our first line in the last four games got 13 points. Second line is 10, and the third line is 9. Yeah. So nice. the scoring's been spread around. Nice stats, Court. Um. Did you guys know that the the Bruins are the only team post break to get a victory? Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I read that uh, post All Star break. You mean? No, uh, post bye week. Uh Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Toronto won theirs. Oh, they did. Yeah. What the hell was I reading then? So yeah, there's four teams in total: Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Toronto, and and Boston now. Okay. I, I messed up. I must have read something differently. That's still good with all them teams out there. Right. Yes. But last night's and game... Especially, especially, like I've said, when the Bruins are piss poor at playing after a long time off. Even like three days. They just 
seem to not be able to like tighten the skates tight enough. Well, I thought their defense actually kept them in the game last night. They kept rotating the puck around. They they made sure that uh, they got the puck, the headman, the puck properly. Um, so they yeah. didn't allow San Jose to get back in the game. Like the the shot blocking that McQuaid was doing last night was awesome. It was yeah, just all night long. Their only goal came from a bad break when one of our players blocked the puck and oh, it went yeah. straight. Yeah, it went straight to uh, who was it that scored? Marlow. Marlow, yeah. yes. Straight yeah. to his stick. <laughs> In my eyes, it was a one nothing game, and Tuka got a shutout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the the bees end up winning two to one in overtime. I I thought the the Tory Krug stretch pass up the middle to a to a hustling Marchand was just an unbelievable play. I and look at Bergeron on that face off win. Yeah, if you watch it back, he right. he actually lost the face off to begin with. Then stick lifts, um, I think it's Joe Pavelski, yep. like gets his stick yep. off the ice, passes the putt back to Tory Krug, and by that time, Marshan's already up at the red line. Yeah, that was awesome. So, oh, yeah. Bergeron, that's what, you know, Bergeron, he might not be getting all the points this year, but he's still winning the faceoffs. And, and Tory Krug actually has gotten a point in every single game since Cassidy's been his coach. <laughs> and actually, he's been one of the best defensemen on the ice. Scary as an sound sometimes. Jesus. Look at you bringing the stats. <laughs> That's awesome. I gotta, I gotta start taking better notes. <laughs> well, I, I, I've, been writing, I've, been, I've been writing a couple articles, so no, uh, there you go. Geez. That's awesome. <laughs> well, the, uh, the 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 week ahead is uh, another another grueling back to back, and the, these back to backs are always tough. And but hopefully we see something different. We have um, against the uh, Canucks and the Canadians, but this one's going to be a total different animal because it's out in the West still, and it's against two of the what I call powerhouse teams, uh, Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday night at 10.30 p.m. and Thursday the 23rd against the L.A. Kings at 10.30 p.m. So, and... LA is a different team, though, without Quick. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's where, to me, if you're going to pick up two points, it's going to be the Anaheim game. Uh, the LA game, sorry. But uh, we got Hudobin in that, that night. Yeah, well, but at the same play. time, uh, I mean, he played pretty good in his start um, the other week, getting his first victory of the season. Against oh, no, sorry, second victory of the season, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it didn't look too bad. And with the defense playing how they are, I think I think they'll start to play better in front of him and be a bit tighter and not panic as much knowing that he's in net. Um, well, I saw a quote on the other, on the other night um, reading an article um, saying about the Bruins now when they get scored against in the last couple of games, they're not worried. Uh, in the past, they get really worried. Now they're... They're relaxed and they uh, they go about their business and keep with the game plan. Yeah, I know. I saw Tory Krug saying that um, the whole team believes in this system, and that was a quick change from the whole team believes in Julian's system. Please don't fire him. To now being right now, the whole the whole team believes in this new system now. Yeah. So it, it's it's pretty good to see. But they are they they just seem like a happier team lately. Um, it was all doom and gloom 
before Julian was fired, and I think since picking up that first victory uh, with Cassidy in charge, it's totally changed the team. And also the fact that they are spreading around that scoring. So uh, on this West Coast trip, the type of hockey they're playing is perfect for that kind of system. That's why I wasn't really worried about, you know, walking into this, because as you all know, last year, uh, this is the road trip that sunk us. Uh, yeah. And already we've turned adversity around and we won the first game and uh, we, we take Anaheim uh, and we and we keep going from there. Um, it's just with, with three lines actually going, uh, it's going to be tough for teams to come against because what are you going to do? You're going to check against the Marchand line and the Bergerons and then you got Pasternak and Krejci to come out there and score. And then yeah. you got the VHS line that's actually like they're buzzing out there. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you've got that depth up front now with the players that are out there and the guys who have come back from injuries. And now that a guy like Jimmy Hayes is playing well, you do have that depth up front and you can rely on the scoring being all throughout it. And then you can rely more on the guys on the fourth line to, to be them penalty killing guys and to go out there and just shut down games because you have the other three lines scoring. So I think, I think they'll do really well on this trip. I really do. Yep. I think this is where it turn, the season turns around. You are the the six points back from Montreal, I think. Yes. Yep. So, and they're a losing team at the moment. They've lost what three in a row? No, four points. So, Bruins yeah, have four now. Bruins have sixty-six. Montreal has seventy. Oh, but uh, Montreal have a game in hand, don't they? Correct. Have, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're just going into their bye week, I think. No, they just had their bye they week. Just had their bye. Week. Uh, right. Yeah, so. both, both the Bruins and uh, the Habs have played 59 games. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Uh, so, I mean, it, this is catch-up time. Yep. I, think, I think Montreal are definitely the team to aim for because they're the guys who are struggling. So if you can pass them... Even if another team passes you, as long as you pass Montreal, I think you're starting to push yourself into the clear. Yeah, because Florida's, Florida's coming up hard. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't take much for Toronto to come back either because I don't think they're too far back from the Bruins, are they? No, they're only a point. Or no, three points now. Yeah. No, they won last night, so no, only a point. Yeah. So, I mean... It doesn't take much for to- uh, Toronto to go on a roll. Like we've seen, they, they can string together wins when they need to. Um, I, I honestly think if you push Montreal back into that wild card and just pile it up, then Bruins are in for the playoffs. And Ottawa looked like they were surging and then just got hit hard with the injury bug yesterday. Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Stone. Stone yeah. Bobby, and Bob Ryan. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Bobby Ryan's uh, out for quite a while, isn't he? He re-injured yeah. that finger, so... And Stone could be gone for a while as well. Yeah. That's... And those that, are... That big from Bufflin was, uh, that was a big, <laughs> uh, big shoulder. Uh, he's definitely a train. Oh, yeah. Mm. But, you know, if, if you're looking at the Atlantic division right now, the Bruins are definitely the the top in the top three. The Bruins are definitely yeah. the hottest team. Um Montreal in the last ten at two seven and one, the second place Ottawa Senators are five five and zero, and the Bruins are seven three and zero in the last ten. And 
the bees are the only one that have a winning streak right now. Everybody else is uh, currently on a losing streak. I know Toronto won their last game. Oh, uh, yeah, but I was just looking at the top three. Oh, okay. Not the wild card. So, I like I like the way everything's going. I, I like the way they're setting up for this the, these next two games. Um, they, they're going to play Dallas on the Sunday, the 26th, to end this uh, four-game road trip. Uh, Dallas really hasn't been much of a decent team this year. But, um, they I mean, when you get players like Sagan and Jamie Benn, they're, uh, they can be deadly. They can be spoilers, you know? Yeah. And they usually are for the Bruins. Right. And the Bees come back to end the month. And, um, you know, the trade deadline is is right around the corner after that. And I'm actually going to the game on the 28th against uh, Phoenix or Arizona. Whoops. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of psyched. I haven't been to a game in a couple of years, so. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in well, the... I heard I heard today that uh, Sweeney has pretty much uh, stopped almost all talks with Colorado. Yeah, I saw that as well. There's quite a few verified accounts commenting about that, saying that um, it seems like all talk has stopped between the Avs and the Bruins due to the Bruins not wanting to pay what the Avs want and obvi- and for obvious, players. It's obvious it's Brandon Carlo. I don't think it is obvious it's Brandon Carlo. I, I think they might be going after a guy like McAvoy. I really I do. So really? That elite puck moving defenseman is so hard to find and uh the way that he's been playing um <laughs> looks like he's going to be that guy in the next few years so yeah i think that's the guy they were targeting and the bruins don't know what they have with him yet right. he's, he's never touched the nhl so I and think... after what we saw in the world juniors uh, he, he looked amazing so <laughs> yeah and he's that all-round player like I was saying, as soon as he got, uh, as soon as someone compared him to Drew Dowdy at the draft, it it kind of you started to see it in his game a lot more. The way he lines guys up for hits, the way he's that all-round defenseman. Uh, I think they definitely got a gem in that pick. So, oh for sure. Um, yeah. And Joe Sakic was uh, at the Bean Pot uh, last Monday, uh, looking at players. So. Uh, could could have been uh, looking at um, two Harvard University players such as uh, Ryan Donato or Wiley Sherman. I doubt that, but um, you know BU with JFK and and McAvoy. So who yeah, knows? And Donato I, must have must have had a good look in because didn't he score the game winner for the Bean Pot? Yeah. And a, and, a, and a filthy goal too, by the way. Just went yeah. around everybody. Amazing. Yep. Um. So, do you do you guys think that anything's gonna happen, or this is this the team that you're gonna see end end the year? No, I I think there's gonna be a few moves. I think they'll they'll definitely go after a depth forward. I believe they'll they'll try and get someone in case they make the playoffs as a guy who can play that fourth line but also play the third or second. 
Yeah, but they did that uh, with Stepniak last year, and, and it didn't work. Yeah, but I think the... I don't think they'll go after an older guy. Okay. I think you there's guys like uh, Brandon Peary out in New York hasn't been playing great for the Rangers, become a healthy scratch. You could probably get him for... A, a, I mean, he went to... Who did he go to last year at the deadline? Uh, Florida. Yeah, and he he went there for like a sixth round pick. So, I mean, th- that guy put up good numbers like early on in the year for New York. So, there's Michael Grabner as well. Guys like that for New York. I mean, there's guys all around the league that will put up points. You could even then- see uh, Alexander Burroughs going to Boston, but I, I truly doubt that. Yeah, oh, I, I, I saw a rumor today about Hansel. Uh, Hansel coming to Boston for Bolesky. Ooh. Because uh, Phoenix has a habit of taking on contracts. Um, yeah. He's got an expiring contract. He's a skilled player. Um, he can't hurt us, and he can score goals. Um, yeah. Other than that, like you know, we've got a fourth line that it's 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 actually playing well. The third line, it's it's tough to bring in yeah. another player right now because the chemistry is playing so well. So if you're Sweeney, you're like, well, what do I do? I either, I either, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't because the fan base will lose it if we don't bring in anybody. But at the same time, if you bring somebody in, it could mess up this chemistry that's got working right now. Yeah, but like I said, if you bring in a guy like Peary who's already been a healthy scratch at New York, I'm sure like having him as a healthy scratch in case of injury isn't going to hurt him. And especially when he's he's going to free agency anyway. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to piss him off to the point that he just turns around and goes, no, I don't want to play for you. Right. So, I mean, there's guys like that out there that you could probably, I'd say you could go out and get a depth defenseman, but with Joe Morrow and uh, John Michael Lyle sitting in the box, there's not much point in going out there to get a defenseman unless you're going to move those two for a more skilled defenseman, but I doubt it. Um, I think the the main thing that they should do is go out there and shore up a, a backup goaltender. Someone who's going to hit free agency, someone who you can use that. What I think they've got 4.2 million left in cap space. Yeah, right around there. I mean, use that up on a guy who's going to go to free agency. Wow. Oh. Making news is is uh, Michael Hutchinson from the Winnipeg Jets, and we talked about that um, a podcast or two ago. Yeah. And actually, I believe Andrew Thompson, uh, the Causeway Crowd uh, friend of the show, uh, was wrote an article about it. I could be wrong. I, I, it could have been somebody else from Causeway Crowd, but I think he was writing something about um, how easy Hutchinson could be pried away from them. Yeah, and like you said, uh, maybe even a high draft pick will just move them along. Yeah, I mean, probably like a fourth or third round pick might move him because he is well. He played their last game, but I don't think he's played for the twenty games before that. So I mean, he's just sat there, and they know that he'll get claimed if he goes on waivers. So they're not going to do that. They're not that stupid. Right. Well, not even uh, that. This year's. Trade deadline is going to be a little bit different with the expansion draft coming up. So any yeah. backup goaltender is technically available and, and, and ready to be traded because they can be taken. So a non-contending team or even a contending team 
Um, if they're willing to move that goalie instead of losing him for nothing, they might just take what they can get instead of literally losing them for nothing, like Kincaid over in uh, New Jersey. Um, this kid's yeah. got a lot of promise. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty good goalie. And, uh, you know, in the New Jersey system, the goalies are usually he's, – he's right behind um, Crawford there, so he's learning. So Snyder, sorry. So yeah. he's learning. So uh, he might be a, a good option as well besides – to bring into the fold because he can win some games. Yeah. Well, I think I I had picked. Uh, I said Michael Hutchinson or Calvin Picard from uh, Colorado. The Avalanche. Yeah. Because, like like it's always been said, apparently they're willing to sell anyone other than Miko Rantanen. So, I mean, the possibilities are out there. It's just we know Sweeney gives up too much when it comes to draft picks. We've not really seen him trade players as much. I mean, we saw him move Lucic and Dougie Hamilton, but I mean, they, to me, they were great trades when he traded players for picks, right? Because he got good return back, and he got like he got little diamonds in the rough. He got guys like Colin Miller, Sean Curley as well as draft picks. Yep. And yep. Martin Jones, who became another first-round pick. Zaboral, so, fashion. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it. So, I mean, um, like, I, I'd love to see him move some of those guys that aren't really doing much. Um, like Joe Morrow, like John Michael Lyles. I know they need to be there in case of injury, but if you could move them and maybe get a guy back in return, who's not as good, plus a draft pick. That'd be great. Yeah, because they're, they're going to walk at the end of the season. You know you know it. Yeah, yeah, both of them are. Yeah. Well, I uh, Joe Morrow will still be a restricted free agent. Oh, so he's got a um, title. Yeah. So, John Michael Isles will definitely walk, because he hasn't been playing. And I guarantee he ends up going to Europe. Right. Um, and then, I think... Joe Morrow, they'll probably qualify and then he'll probably end up coming back. But going Are you to sure? Yeah, because I was going to say, with all the defensive depth that we have and the with the expansion draft again, you know, we're, we're going to have to choose, like, who's the third defenseman that we're going to protect? Because um, the odds are, if you, if you read the, the latest stuff about Vegas, they want a high-flying team in offense. So if we leave Colin Miller available... He will no longer be a Boston Bruin. I don't. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, yeah, I, I, that's a bad idea. I'd like to. But keep I him. saw, I saw someone talk about. Um, I, I know this was before Julian was uh, sacked as coach, and when they were fearing not making the playoffs. But someone made a good point of, um, like, you could trade players from the Bruins. And make the only guy of it the the only two guys available, um, Jimmy Hayes and Anton Hudobin, so that so that they'd have to pick one of them two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think right now, if you look at it, with Bolesky not in the lineup, um, obviously yeah. not fitting into the new system, we can he can be left available. He doesn't have an, uh, a no trade, so we don't have to protect him. We're going to protect he does Spooner. Have no trade. He does yeah. have a trade. Yeah, yeah. His, his, last, a... his last two years, uh, he doesn't have anything. Oh, yeah. so we do have to protect him. So he's a guy that we kind of want to try and move. 
because you're going to protect Spooner, and then you've got that one last spot, right? Yep. Yeah. You're obviously going to protect Pactanac, and then you've got three on the D. You got Chara, you got Krug, and then you got one more spot. I'm hoping they pick Miller because if you leave um, uh, Kevin Miller and uh, McQuaid open, they are technically the same type of defenseman. So yeah, whichever one goes doesn't really matter. Right. Not really at all. But um, does Frank Vetrano not fit? As a pickable player, uh, he's is on... it, is... he he doesn't have to be uh, protected. Oh right, yeah, because he's on the ELC. Oh, so right. he's good. Um... You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast Channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. I don't remember what it's called, but like, that's so why I that's why I think if they leave Colin Miller available, he will be the pick. Because if you look what's available, it it would more than likely go on him. You got a he's a million dollar contract. He's uh, he's got yeah. great offensive potential. He's got great upside. He's playing great this year. Um, just way too many things for them not to take him because you're not going to take Hudobin. Um, yeah. More than likely, even though Hayes is playing well, the odds of him going are pretty slim. Sorry, Bruins fans, but uh, that ain't happening. Um, yeah, keep so, dreaming. Yeah, so it, it more than likely would be Colin Miller if they left him available. But otherwise, it probably would be McQuaid or uh, or Miller, uh, Kevin Miller. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, McQuaid's playing good now. Uh, Miller's – Kevin Miller, to me, has played quite good all season in the background. Um, but Colin Miller, to me, is like your fourth best, best defenseman on this team right now. And uh, – and I know he's playing bottom six minutes, but that guy's still got room to grow. Like he's still got oh, room sure. to become a better player. So I'd I'd love to see them keep him and let another guy walk. But correct me if I'm wrong. He plays the right side. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, that is against him. When you look at the right side for this club, this yeah. hockey club, even with the prospects. The right side is a log jam. Just like everybody talking about, oh, let's bring in Kevin Shattenkirk. Where would he go? So you're going to tell yeah. us that you want to you want to hinder uh, McAvoy's potential? You're not going to play McAvoy because what if you... the kid's good enough and you brought in Shattenkirk and then this kid's not going to play right away? And then what if he pulls a VC and just says, "Well, if I'm not playing, I'm going to leave." Yeah, that's the problem. So, and we do, we no one knows when McAvoy's coming. No, and and that's on his decision. That's that's up to him when he decides to leave college yeah he's got two, so, two more full seasons yeah uh, at BU but you know like like we, we've talked about uh, Rob was uh, you know not too long ago uh, the Bruins they they got Danton Heinen to leave Denver so you know you never yeah. know with, with with Don and what he's gonna do and, and how people um, you know react to a, a paycheck coming in so and that was such a bad decision for Danton Harden to I leave know, college. I know. I wasn't happy. I mean, I was. I was so bad. I was happy about it, but now when you see the results, it's it's not a good thing to do to keep him out because he's just got so much more development in him, and I'm I'm really not seeing his. He he plays a good game down in Providence, but it's just it's not the a complete game yet. So yeah. Well, during the World Juniors, Bob McKenzie, um, when I was watching, who's a 
a pretty big hockey guy. Uh, he uh, he was the one saying that McAvoy is probably one of one of the most ready players in this tournament to be in the yeah. NHL next oh, year. Yeah. Oh yeah. So when he says something like that, bringing in Shattenkirk makes no sense. We we should look at somebody for the left side if you're going to get anybody because Chara next year, you know, it's his last year, yep. and he plays the yeah. left side. He's got one more year left. The odds of him coming back are pretty slim. Um, we're going to need to fill that void. Carlo fills the void for what the physical presence. But we need someone to fill that left side. Crew can't do it all by himself. That's I'd cool. love to see them go get like, like my ideal guy for them to go and get at the moment would be um, Jack Johnson. Yeah. Maybe go after maybe go after a guy like that, a guy on a team where youth players have gone past him, because there's a lot of guys out there that can play top four, top two minutes and have done in the past, but youth players have now passed them. We've seen it happen in places like Philly and stuff with like Shane Gostasbear come in and like there's there's players all over the league that have been like pushed down the uh, the pulse because all these young players are coming along and the NHL is becoming a younger team. So I mean, if you can't find it in your own system, which I doubt they are going to find a guy who can play top two minutes. Well, who do we on have the left Mark? side? Who do we have in the system, Mark, on the left side? Um. Uh, Rob O'Gara. Um, oh, what's the? I, I'm, I'm what's not the sure skinny the guy f- called? Grizzlick. Yeah, Matt Grizzlick. I'm not Tommy sure Cross. What, yeah, Tommy Cross. But so it, it, it's a huge hole that we have on the left side, and and a team like Anaheim, who's chock full of defensemen, or a team like Carolina, who's chock full of defensemen, we could, especially with the expansion draft coming up. Oh. That's that's those are the type of deals we might see this year at the at the trade deadline or 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 before because teams are going to want to move these assets without losing them for nothing. And guys like Cam Fowler might go for a lot cheaper than they did do when there's teams out there who want to protect their young players that and have he, like just got new contracts. And he plays the left side. He's yeah, a great okay. defenseman. Yep. He's a very good defenseman, and he wouldn't cost us a Brandon Carlo or a McAvoy. No, and the the best thing about a guy like him is his contract is four point four million for so yep. four more years, I think it is. Yep, yeah, like that. that that is a great contract for a guy who can play top two minutes. That's who I, in, in my article the, the the buyers versus seller. That's who I picked as as yeah. the guy that we should go after. As much as Landis Gog, he's a, he's the pretty pick. Um, yeah. Fowler can actually help the team now and in the future, and can quarterback that power play just as good as Krug can. Correct. So, I mean, it, it'd be nasty having him out there with a guy like Krug and, like, other skilled forwards out there because the puck would just get moved around like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah as much, yeah. As, much yeah. as Spooner does great back there, it'd be nice to have yeah. another defenseman. The zone, oh, yeah. the zone possession time would uh, would definitely be on, on the positive. Yeah. And he's a two-way guy. He's not just an offensive skilled defenseman. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Uh, I'm going to get to my prospect stuff real quick. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to start with this because uh, uh, my friend Rhonda uh, LaBush, uh, she's a real good friend of mine and love her to death. She's uh, very close with the Providence Bruins. Her and her husband and daughter are, are just a great family to do extra stuff for um the baby bees um 
benefits and so on. And uh, they do a good, great job with uh, Special Olympics for Rhode Island and uh, Hasbro uh, Children's Hospital. So uh, the Providence Bruins Fans Club are doing a steak fry on Tuesday, March 21st, 2017 at 6 p.m. at the Riviera Restaurant in East Providence. Uh, $25 tickets for adults, $15 for children, and like I said, proceeds to benefit Special Olympics and Hasbro Children's Hospital. Uh, tickets can be bought up to March 5th, and if you're if you happen to be at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island, the fan club tables behind Section 101 near the guest services. And if you cannot get to a game, you could call Rhonda LaBush at 401-529-0953 for more information. So we'll mention that again next week um, just to yeah. try to get more tickets for them because they do a, a great, great uh, benefit for the for the children and stuff. So uh, the Providence Bruins, speaking of those guys, they had four games last week uh, on Sunday, February 12th at the dunk. Uh, they beat the Springfield Falcons 4-1. Uh, Nola Chari with three goals in that game. Um, and Tommy Cross added another. Uh, Subban stopped 28-29. Uh, that, was a, that was a very good game. And uh, Friday night, the 17th of February at the dunk, uh, they beat the Hershey Bears 4-3. to Goal scorers Alex Grant, Anton Bleed, Colby Cave, and Jordan Swartz all had goals. McIntyre stopped 29-32. On Saturday, the uh, Baby Bees did not show up. An absolute pathetic effort. Uh, they lost to the Hershey Bears 4 to nothing. And uh, Sue Van stopped 20, 19 of 23. Yeah, I heard that was a really, really bad uh, game. They just didn't even show. I mean, I, I, I watched some of it, and I, and I just couldn't I couldn't get involved in it anymore. It was, they were very flat. Yeah. But uh, yesterday, at, at the dunk, there were four straight games at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. Uh, they beat the, uh, the, the very highly skilled uh, Wilkes-Barre-Scrant Penguins 3-2. Uh, goal scorers Danton Heinen uh, snapped a, a six-game uh, goalless streak. Uh, Sean Curlihay got a goal, and Jordan Schwartz um, added to his 39-point um, uh, season, which is uh, tops at the um, Baby B's stat sheet. And uh, McIntyre uh, continues to be hot, um, stopping 37 or 39. Uh, so the Baby Bees in 53 games played, they're 30, 14, 5 and 4 with 69 points. They're fourth in the Atlantic Division, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, because uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers are playing so well, they pretty much took over that spot. So they dropped down from last week. Uh, their last 10 games are 6 3 0 oh, 1. Uh, honorable mentions. Jordan Schwartz had two goals last week and now has nine points in his last 10 games. Uh, the right winger leads Baby Bees with 39 points, like I said. Uh, Danton Heinen with a goal in yesterday's game. Snaps a six-game goalless streak. Uh, he's got 10 goals, 18 assists, 28 points, and 41 games played. Goaltender Zane McIntyre had two wins last week to stay perfect on the season. 
in 16 games with Providence this year. The 2010 draft pick has is 13-0-1 with a 1.74 GAA and a .941 save percentage. So he continues to play well down in Providence. He has to win the, uh, what's the award called? The Baz. Yeah, the, the one yeah. that, the, I, I know which one you're talking about. It's the one that um, um, Svedberg won. Yeah, uh, the Baz something award, and it's for the best goaltender in the league. That it, He has to win that outright. I, like, I think I think there's a possibility he could win that. I'll have to look into yeah. it, but I think there might be um, a games total that is involved uh, in that. So I mean, he's only been yeah. involved in 16 games this year. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't win that, I think he'll end up winning one of the like sportsmanship awards. I yeah. think he'll have to win that if he doesn't win the uh, the Baz Award. So, but it, I mean, he's had an incredible season. And he he could be working his way up to a like backup role next season. Yeah, he's definitely. If he plays well, he's got restricted uh, restricted rights. He's an RFA at the end yeah. of the season, so I mean he's definitely going to be playing for a contract. Yeah. Uh, the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators. Uh, Dan Vladar has uh, seemed to turn his uh, season around. Uh, last week, he got uh, his East Coast Hockey League record over five hundred. Uh, his win before that was back to uh, the 29th of January, which was a, a, a long stretch. Uh, this season, he's 5-4, 1-1, 1-1, a 3.60 goals against, and his save percentage is actually climbing uh, at 0.891%, and that's 11 games. So yeah. uh, it's good to see him getting on the winning ways. He's only given up, I believe it was five goals in the last two games, but in his last... Before the winning streak, he gave up, uh, I think it was uh, 16 goals in like three or four games. That's just a yeah. lot. So, Not good. Right. But, but with a bad team in front of him as well. Yeah. So, yeah. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. And speaking of the Atlanta Gladiators, um, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm kind of disappointed. The Gladiators and the Bruins agreed to a, a two-year extension. I thought for sure that the vacant uh, East Coast Hockey League franchise, the Worcester Railers, would have been the, a prime target for Boston, but uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, and it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen because... Uh, I, I believe sooner or later, I, actually next season they will start playing, so they will have an affiliation with somebody. So, yeah. kind of bummed out about that, and but it is what it is. But at the same time, it's a good sign to see them uh, renew that contract because that means that players are going to start playing down there next year because yep. they, they can't be renewing that contract just for Vladar. No. Because that's the only Bruins prospect down there right now. Exactly. I mean, Matt Ginn is on a... I think he's on an AHL contract. Yes. Because because he had to play while Subban was hurt, yep. I think. And I think that's the only reason he's anything to do with the Bruins. But, I mean, they must start to put players down there next year. And Providence is going to be just stuffed with players. Oh, yeah. A lot of eligible so, players coming through the system. Yeah. So it'll be good to see. 
Speaking of those eligible players uh, in the OHL, Zach Senishin, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, had three goals last week to bring his goal total to 36 and is only nine away from last season's career high of 45. Uh, he's got 11 games remaining uh, on this season and has 51 points in 48 games. Uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jeremy Lawson, uh, Ruin Noranda Huskies, had four points in three games last week and is currently on a three-game point streak. Uh, this season, four goals, 17 assists, 21 points in 27 games. Uh, Jakobsboro, uh, St. John Sea Dogs, had one assist in four games last week to bring his season numbers uh, to nine goals, 23 assists, 39 points in 39 games played. And uh, Jesse Gabriel is uh, back on a, uh, a, a streak that I don't like to see him on. Uh, the Prince George Cougar forward, the 2015 draft pick, had one assist in four games last week and is currently on a five-game goalless streak. Uh, this season, 26 games, he's got, I'm sorry, this season he's got 26 goals, 22 assists, 48 points, and 50 games played. Uh, NCAA, I got a, about five of them. Uh, Ryan Donato from Harvard. University had a goal and four assists last week in three games played. Uh, his goal came in the Bean Pot victory game against uh, the Boston University Terriers uh, a week ago today. This season, he's got 16 goals, 14 assists, 30 points, and 28 games played. Charlie McAvoy had a goal and three assists last week and is on a two-game point streak. Uh, this season, four goals, 16 assists, 20 points, 31 games played. Anders Bjork, Notre Dame University, had two goals in two games last week. In Friday night's 4-1 win over Providence, he collected his 100th NCAA career point. This season, 19 goals, 24 assists, 43 points, and is leading the Irish in 31 games point in points. Uh, Trent Frederick, we talked about him a little earlier, had two goals in both games against Michigan last week and is currently on a six-game point streak. Uh, this season, 14 goals, 16 assists, 30 points, and 22 games played. And I, 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 I cannot express my, my pleasure about this guy. Cameron Hughes continues the point streak. He is on fire. Uh, he had a goal on Friday night and against Michigan, and... The next night on Saturday had three assists and that is now on a 12-game point streak. That is crazy. Which is awesome. Uh, he's got seven goals, 22 assists, 29 points, and 28 games played. And that's my stats. And isn't Cameron Hughes an unsigned rookie with the Bruins? Like he doesn't, he's not on a he's entry-level deal. Yeah, you uh, NCAA players can't be on ELCs. Oh yeah, it's just uh, because of their, their commitment to their colleges. Yeah, they've got um, they've they got, got until the end of the college deal. Yeah, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So now, Mark, my question for you is: out of all those kids, which one of them is NHL ready for next year? I mean, to be honest with you, the the, the ones that I just saw. I mean, McAvoy uh, is is at the top of the list. Um. And I like I, I like Senishin, but 
I believe Zach might need a full season of AHL since he's eligible. And he uh, needs to get bigger too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And and when I was talking to Rob about a couple of weeks ago about Senishin is 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 he's the type of player on a, a very stacked uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds team that seems to be one of a few um, players that people actually look for him to make things happen. So that's why he's going to be, uh, you know, a 40 goal scorer again this season and only probably come in with 20 assists. Because um, he, he's more of that type of player that they, they really look for to make things happen. So um, with a full year in the NHL and the AHL with Providence, I believe he's going to get more apt to be um, an all-around player under Kevin Dean, uh, the, the head coach of the Providence Bruins. And um, he won't be that guy anymore. He'll he'll have to be the contributor, the, the you know the goal scorer and and you know the pieces that put together an all around player. So um, I don't see right now. Uh, Trent Frederick has really surprised me. I mean, everybody w- went ass over tea kettle when they when they when they drafted him. Um, but I see a lot of good things. But like him and Cameron Hughes, uh, um, even JFK, I don't, I don't believe they're they're that close. I mean, I would definitely say within a two year window, they could be that type of player. But uh, as of right now, McAvoy leads my list. I know uh, there's one person not a lot of people talk about, but I've seen a few. Um, like writers talk about this guy being close to ready, and that's right, uh, Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, like it, it, he just plays such a physical game that a lot of people say that he could be ready for like a, a depth defenseman role, mm-hmm. but may struggle with the pace of the NHL. So, I mean, isn't I think he's eligible to play in the AHL next season. No, he's a freshman at Minnesota. Oh, is he still? Yeah. Oh, all right. So he's got three more to go. I mean, like I said earlier about uh, McAvoy, if they come tempting and they see something, you know, they could yeah. swipe him up. He's definitely a guy that they could tempt out, though, because he's already a big kid. Like, he's got size, and he's got, he's got good skating ability as well. I, I think his main problem is... A lot of people look for stats, and he's not a stat type no, of player. No, he's not that type of player. Yeah, he's definitely a hard-nosed, gritty player who's going to go out there and hit. But um, I, I definitely think he's one for the future for the Bruins. I really think he'll be ready You know uh, how, by the time he leaves college. You know how we were talking about um, draft picks and, and the trade deadline earlier in the show? Um, yeah. You know, I, I just I'm thinking because I'm 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 setting up to write an article about uh, adding goaltending depth. Um, you got Malcolm Subban that's RFA this year. Uh, you got Zane McIntyre RFA this year, and depending on what goes on with those two, Vladar is the next is your next big thing in the system. Yeah. So. If you try, if you're gonna make a trade, the Bruins got uh, draft choices. They got one, two. They don't have a third. They have a fourth, 
a fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. So yeah. it's it'd be tough to like if they move like a fourth round for a for a, a player like you were talking about, Rob. Yeah. But is is this is this the year that um they look for a player in the NCAA or Canadian juniors or even in Europe that to to add to that depth or is is this a stale year or maybe even look at it next year? I I think they'll definitely pick a goaltender this year. Um, but the thing is, you can wait till later rounds to pick goaltenders. Like it doesn't have to be like first, second, or third round because. Goaltenders take a long time to, like, get into being NHL anywhere near NHL ready. Some goaltenders don't see the NHL until twenty eight, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look at look at Andrew Hammond who came out of nowhere the other year. A lot of people thought that guy was like twenty, twenty one, but he he was twenty seven when he hit the NHL. Uh, well, sorry, tw- twenty six. I think he was. He's available now if we want him. Yeah, I mean, uh, players like that. It, I think a lot of people think, oh, if you get a if you get a good goaltender, it's got to be like Matt Murray, and he's going to come in at age twenty and just be able to start. But it, it's not with a goaltender. So I think they'll go for one. I think it'll be a late round pick. Uh, I think it'll probably be some guy no one's ever heard of, but. At the same time, if Dan Vodar and um, someone like Zane McIntyre are playing in Providence next season, it gives us the opportunity to put them down with the Gladiators mm-hmm. and let them play down there. Unless it's a guy from Canadian Juniors who's still going to have two years left in Juniors. Right. So that's always a good thing because you can bury them down there and you don't have to deal with them until they turn 20. So... Yeah, I had a couple. I had a couple names like uh, Boston University. Uh, Jake Ottinger. Oh yeah. You know he's he's having a decent year at BU. Uh, Michael DiPietro uh, from the Winter Spitfires and the OHL. Yeah. Um, the USHL goaltender Maxim Zhukov from the Green Bay Gamblers. Uh, yeah. There's, there's also uh, what's his name? Thingy Skinner. Uh... From, uh, he's from Canadian Juniors. I know that much. I can't remember which and, team it is. And there's, but there's, he's, sorry. Uh, it, he's he's going to be going like he's one of those guys that they reckon will go like early on in the second round because everyone realizes that goaltenders don't really go in the first round anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, that was yeah. The, the super. So it's always the. Yeah, it's always the like, um, like the the first ten picks in the second round are like usually around the time that goaltenders are taken. So, well, high highly touted goaltenders anyway. So, um, I, I'd love to see the Bruins try and move up this year in the draft. To be honest, like uh, late in later rounds though, right? Uh, like move up in the second round because it's not going to cost you much. And, I mean, you could probably get rid of a guy like Joe Morrow who's going to have RFA, but maybe you don't want to sign him. Uh, throw him in with a second-round pick or uh, throw 
Subban out there and see if anyone bites on that. Yeah, I doubt they will. But well, I mean, it it'd be good just to see them try and move up to get some better players. There's there's one goaltender that I'm really really looking at, and I think he might be around in those later rounds that you were talking about, and yeah. his name's uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen, and he plays for Finland, the under twenty team HPK. Yeah. And uh, a big kid, six four, one ninety six. Um, r- I mean, unbelievable. He reminds me of Lundqvist. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah. Because he plays deep in the – I've been watching videos on him and just kind of uh, personal scouting. Uh, he plays deep in the crease for a big, big goaltender. Uh, not very aggressive, but, um, I mean, when I say by aggressive, is he doesn't come out and cut down the angles very often. Because yeah. he, he plays in the paint and 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 he plays it well uh, for for playing with kids uh, at his age. So uh, that one to keep an eye on, you know. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. We talked about it. All right. Awesome. Um, Court. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, thank you for Thanks the time. For having me. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again. Um, yep. and by the way, yep. congratulations on the newborn. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that She's, was. Uh, I, saw, I saw the three picture. months old on uh, Tuesday. I saw the picture of the Bruins jersey, and then that's that's just really cool. Starting them early. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Court, where can we follow you at? Uh, at Court Lalonde, um on Twitter. Nice, and you can also uh, follow Court's writings at the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. Um, I can be found. Yes, that too. I can be found at blackandgold277. Rob can be found at rob40bruins. You can also follow the podcast uh, Twitter account, which I started a couple weeks ago. That's black, the letter N, gold, P-O-D. Um, thank you very much um, for listening. Uh, Got to give a shout out. I forgot to do it last week to uh, the UK Bruins group. Those guys are really cool. They, Rob and I are both uh, members of their group. So yeah, yeah, they're they're really awesome cool guys. Group. Yeah, so shout out to them, um, and thank you everybody, all the listeners. Um, the last number I checked this morning was uh, eleven thousand three hundred and ninety-one. So that is amazing. It's going up. Keeps going up. And thank you yeah. for everybody that's going on the webpage and reading our articles because uh, we seem to be getting a lot of views lately. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. definitely. We went up to about uh, was it four or five thousand in the in the past month or two. So, which is awesome. We love that. And I'm forgetting something else, but go Bruins. Yeah, go Bees. <laughs> also. Um, I cannot forget our great sponsor, uh, Beast from the Northeast uh, Clothing Company. Again, um, if you want to use the promo code Black and Gold to get fifteen percent off, uh, it's a good deal. These guys are coming out with some some new stuff soon, so it's always good. I got to give those guys an awesome mention because they do a great job with us. Yeah, and uh, uh, how long will the streak last for the Bruins? I hope. But- 
I hope. Will it still be going on Sunday when we come back? I hope so. I hope that so. That would be well. awesome. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, it's, right. it's something that hasn't happened in a while. So, it's nice. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much, and um, we will get back to you guys next week. Um, take care. for tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material